Welcome to Fundraising Stories with Female Founders. I'm Julia Elliott-Brown, the founder and CEO of Enter the Arena. I'm a serial entrepreneur and an expert in raising investment and business growth. Our mission at Enter the Arena is to empower female founders to fly through pre-raise and investment and onto the exponential growth of their business with investment expertise and business coaching. Here we share the stories of inspirational female founders who've raised investment to inspire you to do the same. You'll hear their honest accounts of what it was really like to secure funding, the highs, the lows and the challenges they experienced on the journey. And along the way, we'll discuss top tips for how you can be successful too. speaking with Francesca Hodgson, the co-founder and managing director of Goodbox. Now, Goodbox helps non-profit organizations to take cashless donations by providing them with contactless charity donation boxes, along with software to help them track, analyze, and grow the amount of money they raise. This is all about engaged digital giving, and Francesca's goal is to build Goodbox into a global network to increase the amount that people give to charities and make a real difference in the world. So far, Goodbox have already processed over £3.5 million in cashless donations for some incredible charities across the UK. And they've raised nearly £6 million in investment finance to help them grow the business. So let's find out more about Goodbox, Francesca's journey to build the business and her fundraising story. I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from her experience. So welcome to the show, Francesca. Hi, Julia. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for coming. So Tell us, first of all, about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. What were you doing before you started Goodbox? And what made you think, you know what, I really want to be an entrepreneur? Thanks. I think that's a great question and uh, one that I love because actually I never woke up one day intending to be an entrepreneur. I think it was, for me, it was just a journey that I went on um, throughout my life and looking at how I might want to um, well, looking at what was important for me and what I wanted from a lifestyle point of view um, and taking um, uh, hold of the opportunities that presented themselves. So a bit about my background, very normal schooling just outside Bristol. Then I went um, on to, into the arts and did an art foundation and then went on to study graphic design, which gave me um, a real understanding of conceptual thinking and design as a creative at heart. Um, I then went and got my first job um, which was directly inside a charity working for the World Cancer Research Fund. Um, and from there, having spent a, a year within that charity, um, developed an interest in event management and went in-house to a corporate um, to run ultimately global CSR as part of the hospitality um, program and team that I was in. So um, my career just evolved around various opportunities and meeting people and networking. Um, and once I'd done 10 years in, in corporate and developed a whole host of um, really life-changing skills um, and learning in a really tough environment, having to think quickly on my feet, um, um, I was presented with an opportunity um, to found a business alongside um, my business partner, Andrew. So. Um, just to keep it to keep it brief, I really never meant to be an entrepreneur. It was just about meeting people at the right time, having passion and just going and doing what you love. I love that story. I think that's quite common, actually. It, it's something that you can fall into and there's nothing wrong with that at all. So tell us how you did sort of fall into it. You know, how did you and Andrew meet? Was it his idea? Did you come up with the idea together? 
Um, well, we actually met through, um, when I was on maternity leave with my first child, I met his um, wife and we struck a great connection. And so through then we became really close friends and we were always kind of bouncing ideas off each other. Um, through my own career, I work with over 200 UK charities so could see firsthand the problems of starved innovation in the sector. Um, so when Andrew um, came to me with an idea and a concept um, around helping charities in the cashless society, it really struck a chord with something that I was passionate about. From there, we then really went on to develop the concept for Goodbox, seek investment and grow it to what it is today. I mean, it seems like an obvious one, doesn't it? I mean, I remember there were, there were several years where I was thinking, why are charities still going around with kind of a bucket? <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I've got no money in my pocket you know and I wanted to give but I couldn't and I for a long time it's something I felt the market was quite slow to catch up on so it's fantastic that you're you're bringing this solution to the market yeah. I think with ease and innovation it always um, has to be simplistic from the outside it's just the journey and the road to building that infrastructure to make it simple and accessible is um, inherently the complicated part and the thing that needs the thought and the structure and the investment to to be able to make it that accessible um, so yeah it's been a really a really interesting journey in, in getting it to the point that it is yes that's right I mean you know simplicity is everything but it's very hard sometimes to achieve that simplicity Absolutely. so so you've got this idea you're thinking you know we can have a, a kind of a, a, a box where somebody can just use their contactless card to make a, a donation. So where do, you, where do you start with that? And what capital did you need to start getting this idea off the ground? Um, we were fortunate that we had backing from an angel high net worth investor from the start who supported us at concept phase. Um, so it was uh, really vital for us, um, particularly in the regulated environment that we were looking to set up a company, uh, that we had that support from capital. Uh, things like FCA uh, regulations um, and all the payment infrastructure and the consultants that we need to access to order to leverage their expertise were invaluable to helping us get off the ground. So uh, I feel fortunate that we were aligned with some initial seed capital, but having now gone through the journey, what I'd like to hope um, to do is that at least I can pass on to others to inspire them to go out and reach out for that seed capital because it is there, it is available, whether you have, know somebody at this current point in time or, or not, there is lots of tax efficient schemes now set up by the UK government that make the UK a wonderful place to be able to um, take the first step in trying to find your own business. I mean, this, this is the holy grail, I think, that many entrepreneurs search for is finding an investor who's going to back them at idea stage. And that is actually pretty hard to achieve <laughs> so i really want to know how you got um a high net worth individual to back you at right from the beginning well always positivity charm and a smile of course <laughs> uh, but um equally you can leverage things like uh, seis and then eis investment schemes which help de-risk the capital investment on behalf of the investor and uh, to my earlier point, this is what makes the UK such a wonderful place to found companies at this point in time is that there are these tax reliefs that de-risk that investment for those people that want to support you on this journey. 
um, then the next stage of the journey for me is really to get a comprehensive plan in place and to produce a business plan and, and a basic entry business model that helps support that investment and can help the um, investor not only engage with your idea, but actually see the growth and the financial profitability and what it is that you are, are looking to build and grow. And how did you find this person? It was a contact of my business partner. So <laughs> um, it was within already within our networks um, and certain, but it doesn't mean to say to others that there aren't these people out there. There really are. It is, it is a wonderful landscape at this point in time. And to be able to reach them, there are mechanisms. So crowdfunding is a wonderful way of which you can look to get your ideas off the ground. It is, but I think, we, you know, with most businesses, I think most entrepreneurs experiences that, they go to investors with this initial idea they have with a worked up business plan. And most investors will say, oh, come back when you've got some traction, come back when you've got it started, when you've de-risked it a little bit for me. So that's what I think what's incredible about what you've done is get a, ser a reasonably serious amount of funding at the beginning, it was almost 700,000. But from someone in your network, and I think the point there is that if someone's in your network, they know you and they trust you because a business idea is one thing, but backing the entrepreneur is a whole other thing when you've not built this kind of business before, right? I know it's a really valid point and I um, absolutely agree with that. I think something that I've heard time and time again when investors are asked this question rather than founders, why did you back them at such an early stage? It's usually to do with the personality or the founders themselves that they look for rather more so than the idea. Not mm. um, that's what I've seen more of in the market is that people back the people behind it. So if you can really showcase your vision and your passion um, to make this happen, uh, the more chance that you will have in finding the support from your network. Yeah, amazing. So great, a great start for you out of the blocks with a reasonably serious chunk of money to get you started. So how far did that enable you to go? So part of the mandate of receiving that initial capital was to conceptualize the idea further. For Goodbox, we've now been operational for almost four years. It's still an evolving landscape in terms of digital giving. And back four years ago, the question was asked of the investor to really prove the concept of the idea. Will people engage with a new means of giving? Will people get out their phones or their contactless cards and donate in this form? So we built basic prototype hardware to facilitate the environment and the means of which we could further conceptualize the idea and reality and work with some amazing household names. So Natural History Museum, Teenage Cancer Trust at the Royal Abbott Hall. Um, we were fortunate to procure these opportunities, which was um, a great translation of the potential need from the market itself and want in the space for new innovation and ways of giving that we able to in turn prove to the investor who went on to be um, a major part of the, the pre-seed round that there was traction in this market. Yeah, amazing. So first bit of funding, proof of concept, get some early trials going, prove that people really wanted what you had. And then, then in terms of further funding, so after that you, you went on to crowdfunding, didn't you, to, to help you grow the business? Absolutely. We've done two rounds now with uh, Cedars, who have been phenomenally supportive. It isn't light work. I mean, I'd love to be transparent about that. I think people think they can just 
pull together a campaign page and off you go. It, it isn't. There's a lot of due diligence around fundraising and, and rightly so. It's a really highly regulated market. So there was lots of legal preparation work, campaign videos um, that needed to be done. There was a lot of um, proprietary um, I guess foundational stuff that needed to be done before we could even go live on Cedars. So it, it is it is heavily time consuming to be able to get all of your documentation together, all of your investment materials um, and your campaign such to the point that it is, it is ready to go. But that preparation is absolutely critical, isn't it? Because if you do the hard work in advance, the campaign is much more likely to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the more traction that you can build as well on the campaign before going live, that, that in turn helps. It's a bit like kind of bidding on eBay. I like to think that people always wait till the last minute to see what the traction is about. Um, mm -hmm. And certainly so there have been times where we've felt that with, with crowdfunding. Uh, the fortunate thing is that with a lot of these platforms, you can always overfund. So uh, for me, I would always say that potentially having a target that was less than what you might want it to to grow to um, might be a good way for you to start because overfunding um, is something that a lot of these these platforms allow you to do anyway. So let's talk a bit more about the preparation then. I mean you said it was a lot of work. Um, how much of your time did it take do you think and also how long how long realistically did it take you to get ready to go live? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, in the fact that we had a small team behind us at this point, so we had, you know, a lot of resources from marketing helping pull together um, the documentation that we needed. But it can take a good few months to get everything together to make sure that you've got the, the right legal frameworks, your cap tables in order to um, and ready you've got your valuation straight I mean and how you, and the metrics by which you're valuing your company um, hold true in the marketplace at, the, um, at that current point in time. So. Yes, it's certainly a good few months of, of hard work, um, due diligence and preparation before going live. Mm. And, and what about the momentum piece then? So, Because you, you were still really reasonably early on your journey by the point you crowdfunded. How did you build up momentum with, for investors you know, to come in before you launched or just after you've launched? Again, it was about reaching out to our networks. With Goodbox, we've got an amazing brand, a really strong sense of purpose, a really strong vision, uh, a want to create a better world as our North Star and our, and our vision. So with that, we have a lot of interest and organically we, we uh, managed to drum up excitement and enthusiasm through our, through our internal networks. So we could procure investors um, prior to even launching to go on Cedars through just leveraging our, our network and our standby LinkedIn is one of the most valuable business tools that there is out there today um, your network is more powerful than you know it to be it's just about reaching out and asking for help and asking for those connections uh, and looking to the people around you really yeah I think that's right and I think there's a some people can be sort of a bit afraid to go and ask people they know to invest in them and I think it's a switch of mindset to see that it's a an opportunity that you're giving to people to come on board and join you and and build an amazing business I think that's a very British thing we're very, we're too polite yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> having gone on a recent trip across to the US in particular as well the the briefing <laughs> document that I got said don't be polite <laughs> don't be yeah, exactly. about it. go out there Sell what you have to sell, say what you have to say. You're doing amazing things and be confident. So, yeah. And so you mentioned LinkedIn is a really good tool for you. So 
And tell us more about how you use LinkedIn um, when you were um, drumming up interest for your campaign. It was um, just reaching out to those that um, I might have an inkling that might have raised capital themselves, might have um, been entrepreneurs, started their own businesses, um, people that I would know that um, might also have an interest in this area, might want to invest. Uh, so, yeah, it was um, not just myself, of course, I've got my um, wonderful business um, partner as well um, and a slightly wider team at this point. So there's lots of conversations to be had. Um, equally, we were fortunate to get um, onto some amazing accelerator programs. There are some wonderful, wonderful accelerator programs out there in the UK for all stages of business. Um, we've now been part of three accelerator programs, um, two of which were in the UK, um, and both have been phenomenal in terms of opening up that network um, and getting even more traction and um, greater expertise for our business. That's fantastic. So, so tell us more about the accelerator programs. I'm sure everybody would love to hear more about them. Who, which, were the, which were the programs you were on? Yeah, so the first was a program called public.io, which is a phenomenal um, accelerator program founded by um, Daniel Korski and Alexander de Cavalio. So Daniel used to be deputy head of policy at number 10, and this is really a program that's focused around um, GovTech and um, government opportunities. So GoodBox might seem a little bit niche to fall into that category, but really where we were propositioning ourselves is that if we can help um, individuals and nonprofits underpin our society, help be more sustainable in today and, and tomorrow, then hopefully we can reduce the amount of requirement for um, support from, from the government for these organizations. So that's really where our stance helped. And we were had access to amazing mentors, again, assistance with our funding round, people to review our deck, access to meet venture capital firms. There was lots and lots of support available throughout that program for a solid six months um, and then for six months after. And, and even today, they're highly supportive of, of GoodBox as a company. So that was the first program, which I, I obviously couldn't highly recommend enough. Um, and then the second is Tech Nation, um, which is an amazing organization funded by DCMS that has um, a huge um, amount of traction and has had a number of key successes in companies that have been through it. The likes of um, Revolut, for example, they went through the FinTech program. And um, again, it's just about opening doors, accessing new networks, get making introductions at a strategic business level. So again, I couldn't recommend that, that program enough and, and feel really grateful to have the support of it. I mean, I think it just building out your networks is is so important. It's something you should be doing right from the start. But these networks you're building are are, are serious, really professional advisors, people in the industry. So a really smart move for you, as well as obviously helping you to build the business. <laughs> well, networking, Julia, is my 101. That is my advice to everybody because it's all about you know the people that you know around you that can help support you in this journey, and it's it's really important whether that that is in a direct business sense or it's just your best mate that's going to hold you up through the difficult times. It doesn't. Um, it, for for me, all of these people are invaluable to helping it, your own personal growth, and then in turn that will translate into growth of a successful company and growth of people around you. Yeah, I think you have to put your head above the parapet a little bit. I mean, I think especially some people at a very early stage can feel a little bit reticent about talking about this new business they're building because 
they think, oh, I don't want anyone else to hear about it in case they copy my idea or, you know, what if it fails? I don't want everyone to know. And actually, you have to really get yourself out of that mindset because you've just got to tell everybody about what you're doing, haven't you? I think 10 people can have the same idea, let's say, but it, really the reality is in the execution of the idea and how those 10 people might go about executing the idea will be could be a complete difference between success and, and failure. And obviously there's an element of timing that's always important um, when historically people have evaluated what made a company a, you know, a blinding success. It was often to do with being in the right place at the right time with the right people around you. So I wouldn't, my advice to anybody would be share all your ideas, but then I'm a creative and an ideas person and I have about 10 a day, but, but share your ideas, pick the one that you love and stick with it. <laughs> There's a couple of things I was going to ask you about your business and how investors perceived it. Um, so one is you're a business that's operating in the charity sector. So I kind of imagine some investors might go, yeah, how can you make money out of the charity sector? That doesn't kind of sit with me. And then the other thing is that you've, you've actually got a hardware in your business. You've got, you're making a, a box that, you know, so there's a manufacturing side of it and not a purely tech business. How about those those two factors? Did you get any pushback from investors on those or did, was it not a concern for them? I mean, there, there will always be questions when you're innovating and doing something new and, and, and challenging to be a disruptor in a space. But um, we stand by the mandate here at Goodbox that the third sector needs innovation. It needs support. And actually, from the research that we have conducted throughout our journey, is that these organizations are crying out for support and others to invest in solutions and services that will help them run their day-to-day -day operations without having to um, front the upfront capital. So in doing what we're doing and, off and providing a suite of products and services that are tailored specifically towards nonprofits, we have the ability to reduce their costs of operating um, so everything that we do helps consolidate that infrastructure and helps reduce that spend so that they can focus more about going about doing what they love which is supporting their causes and channeling their resources and energy into that rather than innovating um, for tomorrow so we stand um, quite firmly true that we we offer something that can help astronomically um, to these organizations and the demand is there so for those investors that support us, they really see that too. Um, and often uh, a lot of them are, are quite philanthropic. They like to give and they want to see better tools out there on the, on the donor side as well that can help them manage these portfolios and, and, their, and their philanthropic work. So we, we certainly appeal to a certain type, but we're very mission-led. Did the fact that you're, you have hardware as well as software present any concern for investors? It, it can do, but... Um, when the ultimate vision uh, of Goodbox is hardware is just one element. So there's a suite of SaaS solutions that also support that. Uh, again, I was saying earlier, I was plugging the UK is a wonderful place to be, but when you're developing hardware, there is R&D tax credits that you can leverage as an early stage business, which help reduce the impact and the risk on, on that side. So um, because it's just one element, it's not the sole element of our business, it's um, become less of an issue. That's good. I'm glad to hear you managed to, to convince them. Um, so, um, so obviously, you, you know, you're a mixed team. It's, it's yourself and Andrew. It's the two of you, isn't it, as co-founders? Yeah, we have a third co-founder as well, Tibor, who's on the technology side. Fantastic. So, and you're the MD. So when, you, when you've been going through this fundraising, um, 
did you find that investors wanted to talk to all three of you or did they um, expect you to take the lead as the managing director? Did you, did you see the fact that you're a female founder have any, make any difference for you or not? I think the numbers um, stack up for themselves. The fact that sort of less than 1% of VC capital has been going into solely female run businesses. Um, it's good that people are aware of that and that there's lots out there and lots of organizations looking to change that. And I'm seeing all the time new funds pop up with investment solely to go into female led and female co-founded businesses, which is, which is fantastic that the market is looking at that. Um, for me personally, I haven't experienced any particular bias, but then I am part of a, a founding team that has um, two male counterparts. But for us as a, as a whole, we've never tended to look at kind of gender bias. We just tend to look at our strengths, our expertise, engage the meetings and, and then handle them appropriately. But evidently that there is an issue out there that needs to be resolved. And I think for, for women, it was, it's more just about having the confidence that you can do this. I mean, certainly for me, this is the first experience that I've ever had of fundraising. And I'm sure for many people, when they found a business, they've never had to raise capital before. So um, I had the assistance of, of Andrew, who was an ex-investment banker, so who was aware of this landscape and navigating it and kind of was there to take me through it by my side. But certainly I can see how daunting a, a place it is to be. But just have that confidence that there is that tools and resources around you and there will be people within your network that can help um, and remain focused um, that this isn't anything new. You can do this just as much as you can run, run a new business. Mm. And finding that support's really important, isn't it? I mean, you had a kind of running mate with experience, which must have been very helpful. But as you say, there are there are lots of places you can get support. Um, not just on the technical skills you need, but some of it is about moral support, isn't it? And boosting your confidence and helping you get through the, the difficult days. When you've got a co-founder who's there to help you, you've kind of got that on tap. Um, Absolutely, but there are there are funds out there that have been set up specifically to help um, manage EIS and SEIS portfolios. So if you were to go and research and look at these companies and contact these types of firms, they would be able to help guide you and um, be able to teach you everything that you need to know in order to raise capital in this space. So yes, there'll probably be percentage fees on the amounts raised that you might need to, to pay to these organisations, but it would be better than raising no capital at all for your idea. So that there's certainly, there are these funds out there that, that are willing to also help you on your journey. So what, do you, what, what would your parting advice be to other female founders listening, um, being inspired by your story um, as they go about their journey of raising investment? What would be your your top tip or top tips? Oh, firstly, just go for it. Because until you take that leap of faith, you'll never know. And you'll always be left wondering whether this was, whether this was for you or not. Um, it's always, for me, I feel fortunate every day. Um, not because every day is easy, but because I get to manage my own diary. You know, I can juggle taking the kids to school, which for me is invaluable, you know. And um and it's just a wonderful opportunity to get to enhance um, my understanding of the world, you know, invest in myself a bit more. And, and I would, that is my sole piece of advice to, to Julia, 
Julia, to you and to anyone else listening, is just to go for it because until you take that that leap of faith, you will never know. Absolutely. Oh, well, it's okay to fail. I'd say it's okay to fail because I think, you know, as women particularly, we, we do come down really hard on ourselves if we, if we fail and if we trip and fall at the first hurdle, but we've got to get back up again. Um, and it's only sometimes through those failures that you learn how to do it um, right the next time. But it's, it's never easy. It's not an easy journey and it's certainly not for the faint hearted, but do go for it. <laughs> So in, in the spirit of going for it, Francesca, what, what are you going to be going for next with Good Box? Where's, what's next on your journey? Uh, so we've got an extension open to our last funding round to help us um, be a bit quicker to market and some other products that we're looking to help enhance our, our kind of portfolio solutions. Um, and then it will be looking to prepare the, the structure of the team ready for the next phase of growth, which is us very much uh, scale up phase. There's a uh, I guess a whole different podcast series for you there from uh, startup to scale ups and, and the journey that you have to go on in, in order to kind of streamline your operations such that you are ready with the right foundations on which to grow your business. But um, it's an exciting time for us so that we, we've certainly got to get our heads down and get busy. That's for sure. <laughs> are you focused on the UK or are you taking the business beyond uh, yeah, absolutely. We're looking at global opportunities at the moment. So we've got lots of traction from various different um, parts of the globe, which is phenomenal. So for us, it will be twinned with the right investment from, from the right location in order to expand into those um, geographical um, locations. So yeah, absolutely. This is a global proposition and it, and that's absolutely the vision for Good Box is that it's an enhanced global network of uh, philanthropic giving. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Well, I love I love your mission. I love everything that, that Goodbox is about. Wish you all the best in your in your endeavours to roll this out to the world. And um, we look forward to watching Thank you. you and you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for following fundraising stories with female founders. This content is all provided to you for free, so if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe so you never miss another one. Enter the Arena has helped hundreds of female founders fly through pre-raise and investment and onto the exponential growth of their business. Our first-hand experience, expert guidance and proven programs help female founders unleash the Wonder Woman inside. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to www.entertheArena.co.uk. I'm Julia Elliott-Brown and I look forward to talking with you soon.